1: In the swing state of Ohio, they've got their own new trouble. There's a Republican secretary of state there who today announced that local officials are not allowed to put out any new drop boxes for people to drop off their ballots, right? That's one of the safeguards, just in case the mail is slow in getting people their ballots or in case people are worried it'll be
0: too slow for sending back their ballots.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Kremlin File. Today, we have David Pepper with us. Hello, David. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing? Thank you, David, for joining us. I
1: followed a lot of what happened during the 2020 election, especially, especially with what was going on in Ohio with the drop-off boxes. That's how I got to know you and your battles. Okay, with Frank LaRose, uh, just absolutely incredible. And then I got your book. Okay, and everybody, I need everyone to go out and get this book because it's absolutely amazing. I open it. Second that. laboratories of autocracy and i open it and the first thing the first chapter is all about okay what was happening in ohio at the time with the drop and how significant that was right and how telling it was for what was going on also you know, in a lot of other places in the united states but i want to i want to start off um you know we were talking with olga about the actual title of the book itself Okay, Laboratories of autocracy. Why did you pick this title? Why is it no representative of what you want to talk about?
0: Uh, thank you. and thanks for, um, for mentioning the Dropbox battle. It really it's just a s- small microscope into how they are operating. But you know, I picked the title and you know the, um, we've spent years ever since the, it was sort of written up in a Supreme Court opinion almost 100 years ago, we think about states in, in this very sort of idealistic way that yeah. the term laboratories of democracy, that, uh, you know, that they're out doing great things and each state learns from the other. And sometimes even the national government learns from the states. And we've seen that, you know, with with Mitt Romney did yeah. his Romney care and Obama then did Obamacare. And a lot of what FDR did came out of states. And, you know, uh, the, the the battle over ending um, you know over creating same sex marriage was in many ways a state by state battle that went national, but there's also another history in our country, and it's not just now, but it's it, we're seeing it now that states have also mm-hmm. been laboratories for very bad things, and if people get their sort of um, their their um, tentacles into states in a negative way. Those states, and particularly these very weak, undemocratic state houses, and they're weak from a governance perspective uh, perspective for a number of reasons, they can very quickly become places mm-hmm. where people go to get really bad things done. And then, as we've seen, especially in the last decade and accelerating, there are 50 of them. Uh, it, not all of them are doing bad mm-hmm. things, but they can all learn from one another you know, through success and failure. Uh, We are seeing these state houses do bad things, whether it's what we saw litigated about Texas yesterday or drop boxes only last year, which is now being modeled elsewhere. They literally have become laboratories of undemocratic actions and worse and extreme policies and corruption that gives public assets to private entities. And right now we're in a period where they're doing that at breakneck speed and they're learning from each other all the time so one model here becomes 10 uh, models in other play uh, in 10 other states and before we know it one state has started something that's gone nearly national and the key to this all happening the way it is is they've gerrymandered these districts so they're unaccountable so you can play all these experiments out in states and never be held accountable and learn through success and failure to repeat it everywhere. So it's like a tinderbox right now that was set up, uh, especially a decade ago, and they are learning as they go, that they can be more aggressive, they can be more extreme, and as extreme as they get, they can never be held accountable. And then the other thing that's happened, (laughs) and I'll stop that, I know it's a long answer, Mm -hmm. is that national players have figured this out. So it's not that state houses are only doing this on their own. You now have groups like the Koch brothers and other interests saying, well, gosh, this is the easiest thing ever. We can't get anything through Congress, but we can get it all done in state houses. And the truth Mm -hmm. is, in chapter two of my book is, with great power comes great anonymity. They have great powers in state houses. They set the terms of elections. They can pass regulations or pull back regulations. So these major national figures have basically weaponized this weakness in state houses to serve their interests all over the country. So it, it really is functioning. So I, I thought the ti- the title, yeah. hopefully it would grab some attention, yeah. but it's not an exaggeration. They are literally functioning in that way right now and getting more yeah. aggressive uh, every yeah. year and yeah. arguably every in month. In fact,
1: when yeah, there was one, I think one chapter that I concentrated on was how Ohio... Okay, I mean, we we say hello to everyone in Ohio, by the way, but this is something that is probably playing out across all over how the gerrymandering itself, right, has created um, areas where there are representatives. I remember reading this in your chapter where there are people who are elected who have never actually done an election, a real election, right? They just get because of the way that these states, Correct. right, the state houses themselves have redone, redistrict, okay, their, their, uh, the areas. It's, it's sort of also this is non-representative, right? They're...
0: Yeah, we, we're living with, and this has happened before in our, in our history, but it's clear right now. Most of these state houses, we have an entire generation of majorities that have themselves, and not 20 or 30, but in Ohio, we have 99 state house members. I'm talking 55 or 60 of them. Yeah. They've never been in a real election. Maybe they had a primary one time where they got 6,000 votes. Others are appointed and to a vacancy and never have had that primary. And they've been in office ever since. They literally, democracy has never been a part of their own path to power. And what they figured out is, Everything they've done to maintain power in this world without democracy would actually guarantee that they would lose if they faced a real election. So they're afraid of democracy. They know it would get them out of power. Uh, And here's the bad news. They control the rules of democracy in their states. So how's that going to turn out, as I ask in my book? Terribly. They They are literally people who write the rules of democracy. They draw the districts. But they're afraid of democracy, and that's why what you're seeing right now in Ohio, in Texas, in, in states across the country is not just voter suppression against those who would vote against them, and it's always targeted in that way, but drawing maps so once again they'll never lose. They, they know that they would lose, and and by the way, so do all the people who support them. Uh, and, and as extreme as they've gotten, let's be clear, on almost every issue they're leading on whether it be that terrible texas abortion law whether it be gun gun laws they're literally siding with 20 percent of the people so they need to be protected against democracy to keep to, to keep doing that and their supporters know that so they're all kind of in it together keep doing the extreme things you're doing keep doing the anti-democratic things you're doing so long as you continue to, to create a system that isn't real democracy yeah. you get to keep doing yeah. it and that's what's happening right now. And, and I, here's the thing that's, that's I think I don't want to excuse bad behavior. I don't even think the people who drew these gerrymandered districts 11 years ago or 10 years ago, I don't think they anticipated just how warped things would get when you have an entire generation that is essentially not part of a democracy, of leaders. It's, it's more warped than—you know, you see Republicans like John Kasich and John Boehner saying— Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Well, these were the guys who drew those maps in 11. I think it's far worse than even those who were
2: doing anything did at The all? first
0: gerrymander thought it would get. Or
2: is this, again, the same issue that they are?
0: <laughs> the courts? Um. N- <sighs> you know, the reason Mitch— So Mitch McConnell knows that everything I'm saying is happening. And the reason he is so gung-ho about judges— and justices and, and what they've done, just the horrible things they've done in these Supreme Court openings, they need the courts to keep it in place because an active court would strike down almost all these voter suppression laws. An active court would strike down without, there'd already be an injunction on that Texas law. So Mitch McConnell's interest is as many judges as possible who say we're gonna defer to states' rights. Well, in this case, deferring to states' rights means deferring to non-democratic state houses passing horrific laws. Um, Here's where court races really matter though. We are now finding that the best courts are state courts. So what's our best protection right now in Ohio to gerrymandering? The fact that we won three of the last four Ohio Supreme Court elections. When no one was looking. And we have a balanced court that I think will strike down their gerrymandering effort. Pennsylvania has elected themselves a progressive court. North Carolina is a toss up. So the the hope is, even if, and and by the way, Joe Biden so far is doing a good job of getting uh, his nominees through the court process, but the judges in many ways, the battle is over will you have judges or not who stand up to undemocratic state houses. Uh, By the way, here's how bad these state houses are, because sometimes I think we narrow cast how bad they are. We think it's only voting rights. It's all things together should remind us of Hungary, okay? It's it's attacks on lawful protest. It's attacks on people's ability to go to court. Um, And here's the newest one. I just mentioned our success in electing new Supreme Court justices. We, we, we literally had a we had one of our candidates last November, one year ago, when Trump won Ohio by eight, our democratically endorsed Supreme Court justice. She won by wow. 10. They're really mad about that. What are they doing? They're changing the rules for the first time ever. They're adding party I.D. to court races in Ohio. So that will never happen again. And that's already been done in North Carolina. So these are people who are literally attacking the independent branch of government that's supposed to be a check on them because they want everything they do to just be upheld automatically along partisan lines. So they'll, they never stop trying to get in the way of anyone who's an obstacle. We've, we're seeing that with secretaries of state. We're seeing that with governors. And now we're seeing it. It's not just Ohio, all across the country. One of the remaining threats to these undemocratic state houses. Are independent courts, so they are literally passing laws, and ALEC, the Koch brothers, are pushing this to undermine the independence of those courts and to also change jurisdiction so those courts can't rule on certain cases. So it's it's I everything Orban them. or Putin now, would be doing. Now, uh, we normally doing are trying to focus state houses.
2: on presidential and congressional elections, and the media focuses on it. How do we get people's attention Ah, uh, to focus on and to understand the importance of their local races, like what do we do?
0: I wrote the book, and I'm desperate to get it out there because i don't I'm not seeing anything else out there that tries to explain and and I hope when you read the book of I mean, this is a weird thing to hope for, I hope you're shocked and horrified by how bad it is that That is the feeling I want you to leave with, like my God, we're not a democracy in most of our states. And then the last third of the book is to inspire action. It says, know your state house member, get involved, help them. If they're not good, don't let them get through the next election without an opponent. Register people all the time. So we have to be as smart about, you know, yes, let's get inspired. And sometimes an inspiring candidate can help many people win. But we should be challenging in every district. Oh, yes. And we need to vote like democracies online because it is. And that means not only caring about the most high-profile, charismatic people. It means looking at every state house race, every local race, every race statewide, up and down that ticket, as a, a lever over whether you secure or damage democracy. And that's how they think about it. That's Karl Rove. That's the Koch brothers. We we need to think yeah, about it I like agree. like that I right now. Agree.
2: How do we make? People understand that what's happening in a local town in Texas, for instance, is affecting all our constitutional rights, whether it's voting, whether it's freedom, whether it's women's rights. I mean, how do we get this through people's head
1: Mm
0: -hmm. that,
2: you know, we have to care what's happening in every state?
0: What's interesting. What's interesting is we, we sort of do like the whole nation saw that texas law and said you know what in god's name is that thing at the stroke of midnight the most restrictive abortion law in the country went into effect in texas it essentially bans all abortions after six weeks six weeks before most women even know they are pregnant now this law gives private citizens the right to sue doctors or anyone else connected to a woman getting an abortion for as much as $10,000. All they need to do is help. It could be a Lyft driver to take a woman to a clinic who could be sued. Uh, and the timing on this is once a fetal heartbeat is detected. And every couple of weeks, we see some state-level outrage. And so people kind of see it. But then we have a lawsuit or a boycott. And then we move back to arguing with the debt ceiling. And what we need is sustained attention to it. We don't, we can't just move. And and I think what, what, what I'm afraid has happened, and it's exactly what the other side wants, is we, people see it, but we now just take it for a given that these state houses will be this crazy. Okay. Oh, well, that's just the Texas state house. That's the Ohio state house. That's what they do. And the minute you reach that point in your mindset, they have just won, because it means they're always on offense. You're always on defense. You'll win some court cases, but you'll lose others. And when they win a court case, every other state will do it, what they're doing. So we see it, but we accept it. And and the point of the book is to say, it's time to go on offense. We cannot take it as a given. And just recent history, the Ohio State House was in Democratic yeah. hands in 2008, it's not like it's so beyond you know thinking, but, but once you have a mindset, well, once they've got something, we just assume they have it forever, we cannot fight back, they just won. And so I think it's about sort of sustained attention and every year organizing and every year registering and deciding, the big players deciding, we're not only going to put billions in in a presidential year, we're going to put billions in we're gonna spread it out a little bit because a small amount of money in a state house race can win the race. And 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 then it's every citizen thinking to themselves, that state rep really matters. So I think we have to rethink how we do it. But to me, it's about sustained attention. And, and this Texas law is an example. People are now saying, wait a second, if Texas succeeds, that's gonna affect me and my state someday. So people, and if Texas doesn't succeed, well, they'll come up with something new People, I think, kind of see that, but we move on too quickly. And all of a sudden, you know, we're watching Build Back Better debate in, in Washington and not going to and the I source, the root cause, I'm which in is undemocratic
2: state Loony part of New York City. But I kind of got freaked out this weekend because normally New York City, you know, is kept aside from this insanity. And over the weekend, because of the vaccine mandates for, for, um, city agencies when were going into effect. We saw, I mean, in Staten Island, they were, uh, including with our local uh, officials on Staten Island, like the council borough president, they were chanting, you know, like had rallies where they were chanting burn down schools if they institute mandates in, in um schools for kids. But we're going to burn down town yeah. halls. We're going to start shooting people. It's 1776. We had police fire and and sanitation people marching across, and yeah. they shut down Brooklyn Bridge a few days ago. So I mean that we are definitely not immune, no matter how democratic your city is. You're not immune from what is happening across the country.
0: Right. And what's happening too, is it because in certain states, the elections are so rigged. It, it makes you actually forget the fact that those people you just described in Ohio are in the minority. In Texas, they're in the minority. This is the, the sort of, all the system, one of the major thrusts here is to force minority viewpoints into power in a way that they don't lose power. And, and they are so successful in some states at doing this that not only are they, you know, are there, you know, that... If you took a referendum on that Texas law in Ohio, it would be voted down, probably decisively in Texas. But it also starts to leave the impression that being anti-vax mm, exactly. and anti-mask and anti—that that's somehow 51 percent of Americans' views. It's not even close. They are literally locking in to power minority viewpoints. And you know, I I, I think that one of the solutions here is we need a more robust media. So we don't want to criticize the media here, but. The media will leave you with the they're impression not. that these issues are all like 50 50. Like, they're not. People, if every single person in the country right now knew exactly which school board candidates wanted kids masked and who was fighting it, all the ones fighting it would almost all lose. And I, I think the one of the many lessons during the Trump era, I hope everyone learned, is it's like you never terrorist. cave to bullies. Yep. The minute you cave, Because they know you'll do it again. I mean, look at what happened to the Republican Party when they started caving to Trump. They have lost their entire party because they kept thinking, well, we'll give it to this one. We'll quietly complain. Like once you cave, they've got you.
1: David, your book resonated with me simply because, you know, um, reading about everything that was going on, it was it was like I was reading what was going on here in Italy as well. You know because this is corruption is Mm -hmm. something that goes across all borders and it's something that as you were saying in fact it's this is um let's say the the elected members themselves they don't really care that any of this actually gets resolved so i think people who are running what you're saying is that they should be concentrating on outcomes and how to resolve these problems As citizens, okay, can you give some advice to people who want to get, let's say, uh, active and really right. start to, because I think, I mean, look, the um, there are elections that are coming up for all sorts of things. We have 2022 coming up. Uh, can yeah, you give what some advice to people too. who want to know, okay, Kick what can ass. I do? What should I, sure. what are the steps? What should I be doing?
0: Yeah. So first of all, I appreciate what you're saying, because the goal of my book was, to tell the story about Ohio in a way that like made people realize wow yeah. that's painfully yeah. bad but then the book quickly says this is about so much more than Ohio mm-hmm. the same perverse incentives are impacting governance all over the country and i give i give ohio examples i give some other states but the point the book makes the point the same bad actors and bad incentives are holding back states all around the country, um, and to get involved, you know. And I have thirty different steps that I lay out in mm-hmm. the book. Um, a few of them are for members of Congress, and one thing that hopefully uh, is very clear in the book is the, the the history in other countries and in America is clear. If the federal government does not step up. And challenge attacks on democracy in states. Long term, those attacks will succeed in pulling down the whole country's democracy. Yeah. That's just a reality. That was why we had Jim Crow. They put they took the foot off the gas, stopping the KKK, stopping the Jim Crow movement. And when they did, Jim Crow won. And we've seen this in other countries, even you know, as painfully uh, in, in you know over the years. Um, so the federal government has to protect voting rights. It has to stop the gerrymandering, or it will succeed in states. And the idea of the filibuster is some mm-hmm. kind of obstacle is ludicrous. Right. Uh, the, the, the 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 Constitution says we should have democratic states, small D. The 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 filibuster is no is not an obstacle. Uh, is not a legitimate obstacle to that requirement in the Constitution. But then you go down to so that's necessary. But then you need. Individual people deciding in their life they are going to have a pro-democracy mission. Right. Wherever they are in life. If they're, if they're not involved in organizations, well, that's fine. Go out and register people you know. Know who your state rep is or your state senator. If they're a champion of democracy, help them. Ask them who you should also help that's with them. If they are one of the people who's undermining democracy, make sure they do. They have an opponent next year's election. We can no longer let any of these people go through elections without opposition. Yeah. That's their dream scenario. Yeah. That means there's not even a conversation about what a bad job they're doing, and so there. So there's a focus on that. Um, but my guess is most people are part of some group, whether it's where they work. Mm-hmm. Their church, mm-hmm. a nonprofit, where they volunteer, and going beyond their own individual role. By the way, I go through the book how they can—it's their voice, it's their It's their money, it's their energy. Every way you can champion democracy, do it by focusing on all these races. But then make sure your organizations are doing it as well. Um, every single nonprofit in this country, every single—you know, that's at all, you know, not even progressive, just cares about democracy— right. Every business, large and small, they need to add to their mission statement. We're for democracy. Yeah. We see the threat. People are trying to crush democracy by purging voters, by gerrymandering. We are going to stand up for democracy in everything we do. You know, if you're a mayor of a city, I don't care how big or small, and I, I was a council member. I didn't think of this, and I should have. Every rec center, every health clinic, every library mm-hmm. should be a place where you can register to vote. Yes, yes. In the final month, those places should be a place where you can get the information to vote early. Every nonprofit serving homeless people, serving who knows who, you know, people who who need a food bank. These are the very people that the politicians in these state houses are purging from the rolls. So if you're a nonprofit serving those people, part of your mission is to get them re-registered. Don't let them walk out the door without saying to them, hey, are you registered? Don't let them walk out that health clinic without saying, oh, have you? I see you've moved. Have you re-registered? Why are we only letting this happen yeah. to border motor vehicles? That's already sort of yep. slicing the, uh, the audience in a way. Most people driving are going to be registered. So don't just pick them. Every institution needs to be in. Uh, Sharon Brown, again, I mentioned before, when he was Secretary of State of Ohio, those McDonald's menus that used to be on the tray Mm-hmm. McDonald's made some of them wow. in the voter registration forms. Mm. Everyone wow. should be doing that. And, and this is when I get uh, this is not like I'm getting crazy, but we need a better business bureau for businesses that support democracy. Yes, you know, come up with some kind of sticker in the window, a pro democracy business. They are support. You know, if you walk into that door, that barbershop shop or that restaurant, you will have an opportunity to register to vote while you're there. So it, we, we, we need the Stacey Abrams of the world to set up these institutions that register people. My hope is we'll have those in every state. But we can't rely on only that. We've got to br- bring it into our own daily mission statement that we are supporting democracy. And, and if this sounds intense— this is no more intense than all those people mm-hmm. who are spending every day undermining democracy. Yes. That's what they're doing. Yes. I go through in the book, you know, the purging of Ohio voters is in the millions. It's mainly in cities. It's mainly African-Americans. It's really hurt. You know, today we have an election in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. The turnout in these local elections will be much lower than the turnout, let's say, when I ran for mayor in 2005. Why? One major reason, so much of the urban core of cities like these have been purged from the rolls. Wow. And it it knocked off because they didn't vote in every election. And what happens when you're purged from the rolls? The politicians who basically work off databases of registered voters, you don't get a mailer from them. You're not a voter. You're invisible in this world, in this modern world where technology targets everything. So purging has created this whole universe of people who never vote. We've got to get them back right. voting. Obama wouldn't have won without those people. So the purging has been very brutal. The gerrymandering slices us up. And everybody has to get in the game yep. of sort of reinvigorating democracy face to face, community to community. Okay.
1: Excellent. Oh, we're with you on this one. Yes. Yes. How's that That's sound, invigorating. Good? That's fantastic. Good. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, I, and I, hopefully want... you can
0: tell them. I literally wrote my book <laughs> fired up, like, writing all that. I because
1: can imagine. I, I can just, imagine. It, it's
0: so, I mean, I started the book in April, basically. Yeah. I wrote it, like, in a few months because I just don't, I sense this lull out there. Yeah. That people yeah. are kind of accepting that what is, again, when when you guys know this from your backgrounds, like, when if we were to look at another country yeah. going through what our states are going through, yeah. we would say, my God, it's yeah. not yeah. a democracy yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. But we look at our own states and we're like, oh, well, that's just how Texas is gonna be. No, it's much more dire than that. Yeah. And these these states have enough, you know, here's the scary part. These state legislatures pick the way we pick our presidential electors. Yes. They design the rules for federal elections. So it's bad enough if the electric grid collapses in Texas or if schools in Ohio suffer. But that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is they can bring down the country. And the kind of memos we've been reading about that were sent to Donald Trump to try and redo yeah. things on January 6th, yeah. if you don't think those memos are being sent to state legislatures right now yeah, to do the same thing, but as you guys know, the danger of it going through state houses is January 6th on its face looked illegitimate. You no. can't just storm a building and stop that from happening. That's right. If it goes through state houses... Yeah. It will look legitimate. It will look like it was legal. Yeah. And people will say, well, they're in power to do that. They did it. That's life in a way that you can't, you know, it's again, it's like Hungary. It's it's like yeah. it's like Russian court yeah. elections. They look legit, but the outcome has been rigged. And we are dangerously close to having that kind of competitive autocracy here in America. And, and the best way for them to do it. Is through states. Yeah, houses. and I mean, that's look right.
2: at uh, DeSantis's of mm-hmm. crazy law where you can actually run over yeah. protesters. I mean, that's that's insanity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean yeah. that.
1: Yeah.
0: If Hungary, if Hungary did that, or if Putin said, "I had, I now have a law where anti-Putin protesters can be run over with yeah. a car," we would like exactly, let exactly, yeah. the exactly. U- and here in right? exactly. Florida, and, and here it's, like, it's, in, oh. it's in Florida, we're like, yeah. "Oh well, there goes that crazy state house yeah. back to Washington." Let's yeah. debate <sighs> the de- the debt ceiling. Like it's, yeah, it's, it is not Yeah, except we, yeah. Here all we are, yeah. we're sitting yeah.
2: here like deer in headlights, and the other side. Like no. Bannon is, I mean, they're not stopping for a second. They are like breathing, no. eating, sleeping, of no. uh, tearing no. everything In apart. Fact. They're not. Yep.
0: They have learned. They have learned that there's never any accountability. Exactly. And they they ne- you know, If this Texas law gets struck down, and based on the questioning yesterday, I think it probably will. Not one legislator no. will pay a price. That's right. And so they'll do it again. They'll they'll figure out why it was struck down and they'll do something a little different. We've, we, yeah. we've seen that in Ohio for 10 years. We won a lot of court cases about against crazy voting laws. Well, what would they do? The same people never left. They would write another law and another law, and they'd finally get a good court, they'd make enough changes, and they'd win. And so one of the things we have to do, you know, I, and this is what takes real energy and resources. We need to start, no, in, in ways that are appropriate and legal, we need to be the ones holding them accountable. And here's an example in Ohio that, I'm pretty gung-ho to do if, if there's enough energy behind it. You can actually, in Ohio, if you v- abuse the law or violate the law or don't do a duty required by law, right. you could be removed from office if enough people collect signatures of 5% of the election uh, turnout in your last election. And right now, mm-hmm. this, we changed the Constitution of Ohio to eliminate extreme partisan gerrymandering. The, t- there are two, the, the two Republican legislators in charge of the process are violating the new constitution in multiple ways. We're now at the U.S., at the Ohio Supreme Court making that case. When we win, and I'm confident we will, I don't want to just, you know, <laughs> get a better map. I want to go collect signatures. And I want to, if, if you collect enough signatures in their district, you then have a trial in their district right. saying they violate the law and they should be removed from office. I want that trial. You want, that is how we hold people accountable. And right now what we do is we, we win the court case sometimes right. and yeah. then we move on and they just keep doing it because no one actually it. says timeout. You yeah. broke the law. We got, we got signature gatherers in your district and you're going to be at a court in your community defending why you violated your oath to the Ohio constitution to the extent States can do that. That's the, you know, they try to recall Gavin Newsom for actually trying to keep people safe in COVID. Yeah. I say we do the same thing to them when they break the laws of our States, that's not asking too much. And so I think that at some point we have to bring that kind of accountability that the laws give us the chance. I to know do. it's
2: it's shocking. Yeah. We have like a million laws written in United States, and I mean, uh, no one's being held accountable for anything. Even like right. I said in my yeah. little no, Staten Island. Um. Yesterday, finally, protesters decided to block garbage trucks from leaving the station. Finally, the police stepped in and arrested them. I mean, you think they'll think twice next yeah. time when they attempt to try to obstruct, you know, a- an agency from doing its job. So, I mean, that's Absolutely. that's the key yeah. word, accountability, and we need a lot of it yeah. from every level. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Also because I have it builds a trust,
2: question right? on the school boards. We... we yeah. um have seen so much violence and intimidation and bullying and, you know, and it's just absolutely insane. And it's definitely an organized, you know, effort to do this, to go after people. And you see like the moderate school board members resigning because they're getting death threats. You yeah. see local pooling people yeah. resigning because they're getting death yeah. threats. How do we stop this? Because that's their a whole agenda to scare you so much that you just give yeah. up and walk that away. you just
1: don't go. What yeah, do we no, do? I, the,
0: it's it's very painful to see these resignations. Yeah, uh, I I, th- I think be an equally loud voice for safety, and mm-hmm. we saw that we saw some protests for safety in some school districts in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I, in Ohio, you know, and we literally had in Ohio. This is how bad it's gotten. You know, we all. I think we most people realize critical race theory is an elective taught in certain graduate and law schools. Okay. It's not in elementary and high yeah. school public schools. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous what they're saying. Like, um, but it's now way beyond that. You know, there was a resolution after George Floyd at the, at the Republican Ohio school board. There's a, we have a statewide school board. It's half elected, half appointed. They passed a resolution against racism, And they also said, let's examine how we're doing things to make sure we are not propagating, you know, uh, things that discriminate against African-American youth in our state who have much worse results. They passed it a year ago. Two weeks ago, they rescinded. Again, this wasn't CRT. This was a resolution against racism. I mean, you'd think that that shouldn't be controversial. They rescinded it. And the two Republicans who voted against rescinding it resigned last week, for actually saying they were against racism. That's unbelievable. And I, I I commend their votes. And by the way, why did they resign? Because the governor and the gerrymandered, rigged state senator, who has you know apparently an ability to run over the governor whenever he wants, demanded that they resign. So wow. it's it's now way beyond even like yeah. masks. Or CRT, yeah. which they've created this, it's about a resolution against racism, for goodness sakes. Yeah. In a state like Ohio, that actually was a big part of ending the Civil War. Like we stood yeah. against racism 150 years ago. We can't do it in 2021 on our state school board. Um, so I think you know, one is I don't know those school board members, but with situations like that, it's telling them. We've got your back. Like you're with the majority of people. Don't let the bullies chase you out. Yeah. we're with you. We stand with you, and we're a lot. There are a lot more of us than there are of the other side. Um. So I think that's part of it. And it's today. It's today. If you're voting today, do your homework. A lot of these people they know that the anti-mask view is in the minority. Mm-hmm. So do your. So a lot of them aren't advertising all their views. Yeah. Uh, by the way, rewriting history. Is in the minority. This is not a majority viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. Do your homework today before you vote, and be sure everyone you cast a vote for, you know where they stand on these issues, because some of them are hiding. Yeah. It. And I just did that when I voted a few hours ago. I made sure that the people I voted for, and I asked them, "Where do you stand on health care is- of our kids?" And on teaching of history, because if everyone does that, the people who are being spun up by Steve Bannon will lose most of these elections.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. David, I just want to remind everyone, okay, who's watching, the book is Laboratories of Autocracy. I've read the whole thing. Please, everyone, do read it. Do read it. And even if I, David, I'm talking to you from Italy over here, but it was helpful for dem- for democracy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As we would say "punte basta. That's the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I lived in stopping. Rome when I was a
0: kid. I lived in Get Rome. Out. Both of you know this. I lived in Rome and I worked in St. Petersburg for 3 years. So we we have some things in common. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I lived on, great. The op- on the on the Appian Antica.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But look, your message is cross border. Everything yeah. that you have there was helpful to me, but it, as you know, you were saying, we all have to up our game because this is it, okay? It, it's and it's a, not And it's just, a long you know? game.
0: It's a yes. long game. We, yes, we, there's we, no Democrats quick are fixes. thinking cycle to cycle. We need to see that even yep. in some losses is progress, always building. They've seen, they've, that's that's how they think about it. This is is a 30 year project. It's a long game. Get involved knowing that you're committing to the long game of democracy. And that's a big, that's a big change in mindset we need to make.
1: Yes. I agree. So So that, I think that is the best way. Okay. To say goodbye to everybody who's watching because you know, this is the long game. Everybody up. Okay. What they're doing. And David, we have to really, really thank you. Okay. It was a real pleasure. Okay. Talking to you. You're inspirational. You're inspirational. No, I'm so important. I mean, this
2: is a topic because I feel like on you know, Democrats, even like in New York city, I mean, they're too busy brunching and I'm like, hello, our democracy is falling apart. Like stop brunching, get involved, do something. Let let me repeat what I said earlier.
0: Like it, it, you know. Uh, please do read the book because it'll get you into the deep. This is like yeah. a bottom up view of democracy. We have yeah. a lot of academic thinkers on exactly. democracy and yes. I respect them and I, and I cite them, but this yep. is a bottom up look that it makes it, That's I right. think more clear how bad it is. And yeah. then please, like I, like I offered spread the word because people need to wake up to it. And if there's a group you want me to talk to any of your listeners, a, a book club, a activist group, any of it, like at David Pepper on Twitter, I'm easy to find. I'm very responsive. Great. Let me know because we need to keep building or or frankly, we're not going to succeed. And no, we'll also right. have your website stake.
2: and all the links to awesome. your book yep. and website Everything. and Twitter handle that way. Wonderful. Yep. Everybody will be yep. able to find you. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. Okay. Thank, thank you. you all very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. That is so important.
1: Hey, everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and please visit our website, KremlinFile.com. This is Season One, of Kremlin File, hosted by Olga Lautman and me, Monique This is a bunker crew media production with executive producers Marley Clements, Jack Bryan, Grant DeSimone, Ben, Brett, and Jordi Micellis of Midas Media with associate producers Ruby Frankel and Sarah Metz. Theme music by Oreste Camarna. Sound editing and mixing by Joy Ellett. Subscribe to Kremlin File wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to... uh, Sorry. Hi, everybody. Oh, we started this off really well. Sorry, David. (laughs) That's okay. It just happens sometimes.